Hello, and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles, and I am here with... Bronwyn Isaac, hello. And Kyle Calgren, also hello. Yeah, we're doing a three-person episode again. Very, very exciting, because we really needed three people (laughs) to talk about this week's film... This is 40. Judd Apatow's This is 40. Very much Judd Apatow's This is 40 because he is the auteur behind this this vision. He is. It's the emotional labor that goes into watching and talking about this film required the division of 3. We couldn't <laughs> we couldn't just have two of us dive into this hell. Honestly, Jody um, was sitting down watching it and I was there and I found myself get, getting so angry I just had to. Yeah, just had to be here. Written and directed by Judd Apatow, based on characters by Judd Apatow. So (laughs) it's it's a it's a look in the mirror. It is. Paul Rudd is a stand-in for Judd Apatow, essentially. Very Mm -hmm. obviously so. Um, Which, like, I I know that we should start in sequence, but the thing that really annoys me the most about this is forty is that the guy who likes the Pixies, which is my favorite band. I don't know if I've ever said that on the podcast. um, The guy who loves the Pixies is the most obnoxious person in this movie. And I felt personally attacked. I actually went on a rant about that to my roommate because I love the Pixies. One of the few bands I've seen live more than three times, like, and I hated him. I wanted to punch him in the face. It's so, it's so annoying. And also the way that he describes the Pixies music is also wrong. Like he describes it like it's like, it's, he describes it like it's Nirvana or something. Like it's like depressed rock. There's nothing depressed about the Pixies. They are joyous. They are just joyous in a different way. And even the way that he listens to them, I find to be insulting. You're not listening to the smashing pumpkins. What's your fucking problem? Everything about his appreciation (laughs) of music made me want to (laughs) die. Uh, Probably because I've met people like him I think we all have Oh my god, Um, real music is created by men And by penises And by by acoustic guitars And by bass lines And like, that's real music, man Like, what... Who? I was res- kind of <laughs> like, and I resented that attitude so much because I do like a lot of the music that he was ruining. You know, like I was like, don't make it seem like anyone who likes the Pixies is a a faux elitist asshole. Yeah, it's so weird, like, and it's just like I, you know what? I don't have any issue with Graham Parker. I think that Graham Parker sounds fine. I think that his weird glorification of Graham Parker and like putting his entire business at risk for Graham Parker is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. Like, he's just a bad businessman. You mean you don't think it's a good idea to sign on a 70-year-old man whose most of his fans are retired? <laughs> and don't... <laughs> I mean, I think that's a sound business decision. I, I could like... see... I could see, you know, the, the logic behind that, you know, the cost benefit analysis, you know, that I could see that working in his favor. Oh, also, also, Let we the income learned slowly in die yeah. with the artist. Yeah. Also, we learned that at some point he turned down Arcade Fire, which almost made me turn the movie off. <laughs> it was such a what stupid a fucking, business what a fucking, decision. What? Yeah, well, that that's I get that joke. That's like that line in uh, Sunset Boulevard. Like, I'm the one who turned down Gone with the Wind. Yeah. I said, who wants to see a Civil War picture? You know, instead of comparing it to Sunset Boulevard, let's instead compare it to Jersey Girl, where (laughs) where Ben Affleck is just like, uh, the Fresh Prince, he wants to be in movies? That's never going to work. He's (laughs) never going to have a career. Because that happened. (laughs) That's so fucking funny. (laughs) That's so funny. I mean... 
Wow. Everything, like, I've had a crush on Paul Rudd for a long time. That's not a very original feeling. A lot of people have had Paul Rudd crushes. He's just very charismatic. He's played a lot of roles that were fun. It's just been a nice... It's good to see him stretch himself, you know? It's been a nice, casual, endearing crush, and it is now... The crush has... The spell is broken. I not only did not have a crush on Paul Rudd, but I hated myself for ever having had a crush on Paul Rudd because him playing Judd Apatow was so fucking obnoxious. This is, like, the general progression of, like... His character from Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Me. The movie that's is just me. him being asked to pick up a cup and just... Uh, he just won't pick up the fucking cup. And it made me want... I wanted her to divorce him from minute one. Minute one. Divorce him. Divorce him. You're Leslie Mann. You're They're hot. They're clearly not happy yeah. together You're Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann can go find Craig Robinson from Knocked Up and go hook up with him. And yeah. that can be a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the whole time I was like, I, I will say I think the movie showcases Leslie Mann's abilities, her acting abilities, um, her long suffering. I can't speak for her actual marriage. It seems like they're really happy. But um, I just feel like she's in all these movies with really annoying dudes. <laughs> You mean yeah. Judd Apatow movies? Yeah, yeah Judd I Apatow just, movies. Yeah, all she, Judd Apatow it's just all, constantly It's having just her like being nice to and like kind of condescended to by all these pricks. And I'm so <laughs> tired of it yeah. on her behalf. And like seeing her in a drama would actually, it's actually really interesting to me. I just wish that she was in a good drama. I, I, I don't know like who needs to pick her up. Like whoever did like Enough Said, that lady, um, the lady who directed Bachelorette and um, um, sleeping with other people. Maybe that woman. Oh yeah, um, the the chick behind Obvious Child and Landline. Like just someone. A woman is what I'm saying. If, she yeah. needs to be directed by a no, woman. That that would be amazing. <laughs> because if, like I'm trying to think. My introduction to Leslie Mann was like George of the Jungle, and even like George of the Jungle. <laughs> it's is, about her. It's a better use of her talent than this. Also, George of the Jungle <laughs> about a very uh, erudite, charming, kind woman taking care of an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yep, that she, is, yeah, that's George of the Jungle. And I mean, I read an interview um, about This is 40 because uh, I love to self-harm. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was honestly like so upset that I was hoping maybe if I read the right interview, I could get a slightly different perspective. It did not work. Um, but in it, Judd Apatow was basically saying that when Leslie is in his films, which is almost always, she usually has a say in her character and that she defended her character a lot on This Is 40 and tried to make her more three-dimensional and and likable. And in that sense, I think that worked because she was one of the only characters I cared about. Yeah. Um, but man, if that's what she's like after Leslie Mann defending her, I... You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's still a character. I only empathize with her be compared to everyone else. Right. And it, I mean, otherwise, I just think she was an annoying privileged lady who was like, I don't know. I wouldn't I, care, honestly. I empathize with the kids way more than I empathize with Leslie Mann. I mean, it, if only because, like, I got really upset when she took away the Wi Fi for dumb reasons. Oh, yeah. The taking away <laughs> oh, the Wi Fi. Okay, okay, well, maybe this is. The okay. last theme I thought was pretty funny, just because I was yes. like... Um, okay, none of us are 40, so we're of the generation that needs Wi-Fi to live and work and be sane. I mean, so, Kyle is the oldest among us, and, and he I'm was 30. And, and he was angrier about the Wi-Fi than I was. 
<laughs> um, well, maybe it's because I use the internet for like my job. Yeah. But again, who of us doesn't? Yeah, right, exactly. True. I mean, all three of us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what if they need to do homework? They- what? Well, yeah. It, it it's really it's really weird. I'm trying to. God, what year was this? Because I mean, it it honestly felt like a '90s movie, but all Judd Apatow movies uh, do. 2012. Oh yeah, 2012. Okay, and um, not you need to go outside and play. Look, it's like she's 13. Like even. Even before Wi-Fi, 13 is the age that kids start just going to the mall and sitting. Like, they don't play outside anymore. And talking, anymore. And talking to boys. Like, yeah. What do you like, want, they, what do you they want a 13 smoke in the woods, do? maybe. Like, they're not, like, building forts anymore. The most time I spent indoors at 13 was, like, crying in my closet because boys didn't like me. So, like... <laughs> I, yeah, I wrote a <laughs> lot That's an of, indoor activity. I learned how to play the drums <laughs> to the Ramones and, like, wrote a lot of poetry. <laughs> it was a time. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> And like, despite whatever we say about Leslie Mann, let let our listeners never forget that Paul Rudd is the villain of this movie. Paul Rudd is the is the instrument oh. of of despair in this oh, film. He is so ah, uh, he's he's just the worst. He's it's not. I wouldn't even say he's the nice guy trope. He's just like. He's like an angry 15-year-old boy who happens to be married. Like, he can't be bothered to do anything. Nobody understands him. Nobody's as smart as him. He resents Leslie, even though he chose to marry her. This Um, is 14. Yeah. Yeah. This is 14. (laughs) Because, like, with Leslie, like, even though in any other movie I would not really care about her character because she is pretty immature, um, she wants to figure out how to make them work, and he's just, he doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. He wants to be a kid. He just ignores his kids. And yeah. the the thing that gets him most angry is just the being reminded that he has kids. Oh, yeah. He oh. hates the fact He's that he so has kids. immature with his children. The yeah. way he yells at them, like, he yells at them in the same way they yell at each other. Yeah, he yells mm-hmm. at them like, like they're just like, they're all in high school together. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. And the youngest daughter, really, like, she... She's just dealing. Okay, so this story, um, um, Paul Rudd is the Judd Apatow surrogate. Leslie Mann is, of course, Judd Apatow's wife. The daughters are played by their children, Maud Apatow, who is the older one, and Iris, who is the younger one. So this is very much like, I honestly do not understand why Judd Apatow just didn't play himself, except that this is supposed to be a spinoff of Knocked Up, which is a movie that didn't need a spinoff at all. There was no reason for it. No, it didn't need it. Knocked Up didn't really need to exist either. Sam Jackson meets Although the credits I, of Knocked Up. I think Knocked Up was a lot more fun than this movie. Knocked Up was definitely fun, but you're like, right. Knocked Up did not like need I to would exist. Watch, if I was like drinking wine with people and we were just like, yeah, whatever, and we were going to put on a movie to not pay attention that hard, I would watch Knocked Up again. I would not watch This Is I mean, it again. starts <laughs> with shimmy, shimmy, ya. Yeah, so like, yeah. that's very much like a, you know, that's already. Like the whole beginning of Knocked Up is just like a montage of just like a bunch of 30-year-olds getting high and like riding roller coasters and shit like that's yeah it's like so it's weird it's actually silly, you know like and i can i don't have to think it's deep or or even that funny to understand why people like it this is 40 i don't know who who likes it and all of the crossover characters like are either changed entirely or ratcheted up to be annoying or like what because what we because what we have here is um of course like like Leslie Mann, Paul Rudd, the kids, they were all they were all in knocked up. They were side characters in knocked up where they belonged, honestly. Um Yeah, like I get the whole casting your friends. I even get I get casting Leslie Mann because she was already an actress. 
putting your kids in your stuff. Maybe I'm just cranky, but I I, I don't like. Yeah, it's it's very it's very weird to me to yeah. do that. It it, 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 it it's just strange. It just yeah, it just feels weird. Yeah, and it's just like a, such a weird. It's such a weird thing that like because I'm just thinking what I would feel like when I was older and I just like saw myself in these movies and I'm of your dad processing like his issues with with like being, being with like being old. <laughs> yeah, like and just like wishing that freaks and geeks had lasted longer. You you can just feel every every inch of Judd Apatow's being is I wish Freaks and Geeks was longer. And that's yeah. why I, Maud Apatow, I'm setting up this fund for my late father, Judd, to uh, continue Freaks and Geeks. Oh, nice. yeah. Oh, man. And, and like Paul. As the keeper of the Apatow you know, estate. Like, and how like many Paul people would watch a play somebody's grandpa. Oh, God. <laughs> man. I would want. No, I love Freaks and Geeks. I do. Same. I mean, I would. I would. If. Even if there was a horrible reboot created, I would definitely watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, I would watch a reboot um, of Freaks and Geeks. I wrote, like, I just, <laughs> when, when I was in college, I had to write about one of my favorite shows. I wrote 13 pages on how amazing Freaks and Geek was. 13 fucking pages. Yeah. It's, you were like, I have a lot to say. There's a lot to say about that show. Yeah, there is. It's, it's up there. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's really good. Um, there are some people who think that my so-called life is better. Um, I think that they're completely different shows and people should stop comparing them just because they came at it around the same time. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they can coexist. Yes, they can. Um, uh, so the other... Um, the other people from Knocked Up, just like very quickly, Jason Siegel is here for absolutely no reason. Because, and I mentioned this when we were watching it, oh, Chris, yeah. o- Chris O'Dowd and Jason Siegel do not need to be in the same movies. No, they have they have very similar energies. Well, they don't need to be together. And there's just a lot of. I feel like with Judd Apatow movies, there's a lot of redundancy. Yeah, uh, you know, because so many of the comedians and actors are similar types. Yeah, and it's not even just like because they're white guys; it's like even just their personality um, on screen. I mean, like, yeah, like it, like it's very much like a laid back, like '90s, like not really practicing Jew thing going on with everybody. Yeah, like almost a slacker comedy mm. vibe, but not not workaholics enough for that yeah like like david wayne but like lower concept yeah like because david wayne is very high concept and like judd apatow is very like character driven and it's yeah everybody's got the same energy and like everybody's white i mean not and i mean they're they're like jewish so at least they're not like white white where it's just like there's just it's just like this wasp <laughs> thing. They're, they're not all. Like, I have no idea what you mean, darling. <laughs> they're not all like toe heads. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's, you know, I mean, yeah. And I mean, and like um, that live in a mall, you know, but they're, <laughs> they're close to that. It's close yeah. to that. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, so to the last character who is from Knocked Up, uh, Charlene Yee playing a version of Jody that doesn't make any sense oh god yeah like that- like it's weird that i care about character continuity for jody but she was like the only woman of color in the first movie yeah. and so it's just weird to me that she's back again and she you know is playing someone who like seems like she was like an extra in scott pilgrim like i just don't understand what yeah, she's no, doing it felt like she was copy and pasted into this movie like i didn't know what they were doing 
I mean, also Megan Fox like didn't even feel like she was copy and pasting from another movie. It just felt like why was she there? Yeah, why was Megan? I mean, Megan like, Fox. I was glad that she was there. Are we there complaining be- about Megan Fox's presence? No, no. no I mean, I like no. I like her. I liked her too. But that's my problem. Is I felt like it was another movie that used her in a weird way. She got used yeah. in a very weird way. She was she, basically she used was still for funny. being hot, but she was but she was like when you when we like, finally get to know her, she's like a nice person, and it just kind of makes the whole plot seem like everybody was being a dick because yeah they yeah <laughs> yeah and like megan yeah. fox is a good enough actress that like even when she's given these roles she's still like she's still really funny and likable um because she is a funny smart person um but i was just mad at the way that they shot her because it was so cliche for megan fox Wait, you yeah. didn't like the entire gag with leslie mann just feeling up megan fox's breast just right? to make sure they were real yeah. she was touching them how for did you not like that scene embarrassingly oh. long bit of time you know it was some really i don't think i was ready for how edgy the comedy was <laughs> oh was yeah it's that it's that edge you, you know you gotta yeah. like dodge with your, your cuts you you know this is like it was treading new ground and i don't know if yeah, i could wrap I mean, my head around no it. one has ever for like touched touched boobs on, yeah on boobs t- as like a punchline um yeah it's like it's virgin territory it's just it's a whole new continent of humor to be discovered like paul rudd and uh what's his face staring at her while she was swimming (laughs) like i like how many comedies have i watched with that scene you know all of them all of them yeah can we move on (laughs) like uh, it it really bothered me that he was just looking straight up her skirt like somebody who like seemed like a minor like she seemed like if she wasn't a minor like hovering around like a very young age she's definitely like a 19 range yeah like 17 to 21 like very young yeah and so just like why are you looking right up her skirt like it's so weird when he's just like oh she's not wearing under you shouldn't know whether or not yeah. she's wearing underwear. And Leave then he her alone. to Leslie as if like they need to talk to her because it's her fault that he's looking up her skirt. And like there's just so much wrong with that. And I like how like she calls him out. But I'm also like, like that was one of those moments. It's like, why aren't you divorcing this guy? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the kids. beginning of I the movie that. yet. <laughs> how? How? We've been talking. We skip that? This we happens s- to us so much with the <laughs> podcast because all of the movies are so... <laughs> fucking All right, infuriating start over. In there was the beginning there was um, so much anger in- up top where it's just we, like no we usually have to get the anger out some aspects of it <sighs> and then we go back to the plot it okay so, so i mean this movie is like really plotless like the thing is is th- like the movie begins with like they're they're like shower sex they're yeah they're like fucking in the shower oh, yeah. and it sounds great it sounds like they're it having sounds a really like good they're time having a great time and then like he says that he has viagra and she gets totally upset for no reason that i can detect for me yeah that was weird that was one of the times where i didn't really understand her character she was upset that he wasn't aroused just by her naturally and Uh, they had to use you know right it became like this vanity thing this yeah and and it was linked to the turning 40 you know because she's like what am i not attractive anymore testosterone gets low in men when they Okay, so So can we talk about attractiveness for a second? Yes. And I feel like I feel like I am once again um, just at a loss here. She's prettier than he deserves, in my opinion. (laughs) Than Paul Rudd or the character that Paul Rudd is playing? Either one. Like, it's very (laughs) weird to me that. I just don't understand this univ- this this whole the Judd Apatow universe where this, Leslie Mann is 
where Leslie Mann is like feels bad about himself all the time. That she is not attractive enough for a man who doesn't try and he's still wearing a haircut from the fucking night his hair is still flit flapping like he's like he's looking for his like he's got a fucking closet full of fucking flannel like he doesn't have any abs okay he doesn't have bodies by jason every day like she's like he doesn't have any upper body strength okay i just what what are we what yeah i like (laughs) I don't think I've seen a movie. Is the reason that people think that Judd, that uh, Paul Rudd is like some kind of immortal who justifies aging just because he doesn't change his style at all? He looks I the exact same that he looked in Clueless, and that's not a compliment. He just looks like I think, that. Yeah, I think he does. I mean, I think obviously the fact that he does look the same does. It is strange that he doesn't look older, you know, so there's like something mm-hmm. there genetically or I don't know, his moisturizing routine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like really good serum. Um, but but yeah, some of it is he like wears the same T-shirts and they still fit him and he like looks the same. So it's like good and bad, depending on how you look at it. I or, mean, there was a, there was a time when I go ahead. Oh, no, I mean, like what, what you were saying with the Leslie Mann thing is. I I feel that really hard because particularly with her because she is um very striking and she's always characters that like perform beauty, you know? Like yeah. like she's not just a woman who's like pretty. Like she's a woman who's pretty who like does her hair and her makeup and like works out and like does all these conventional like patriarchal things, you know? Yeah. Um so it does seem weird that she's both to it's not that obviously people feel bad about themselves no matter what right that you know but like that she's supposed to feel so bad about herself i don't don't, it's just a weird like she doesn't have any concept of herself and she doesn't have any concept of him well it's weird because you know her insecurity though like insecurity is something that you foster in yourself and something that you have yourself her insecurity really comes off like he has somehow not like being with him has somehow lowered her self-esteem to where she doesn't know that she's a knockout because like, he doesn't really seem like a person who like gives her compliments and like, he doesn't seem like lucky to have her, which is how he should feel. And I feel like, yeah. And I feel like in real life, even with his character, I think that he would still like, compliment her and be affirming in that sense like you know like i think i mean he's like still, in the real world yeah in the that, real, yeah it's very like like he would probably still be a douchebag but he would be like condescending but also like you're a babe like <laughs> you know what I mean? right like, right. Uh, like yeah. i mean i don't i don't know kyle you're you're a man yeah we have a man on here um <laughs> well as a penis haver um my opinion is, I just hate this guy. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's just, just stop. Just everyone stopped trying at some point. It, Paul Rudd, especially Paul Rudd's character, especially. Yeah, like, yeah. We're not talking like, about Paul Rudd the person. Like I'm sure. I'm sure he's he, lovely. I'm sure yeah. that he's his lovely. character. His. I think you're absolutely right. I think he's just gotten so complacent. Not complacent. Um. I don't think sedentary. Yeah. Yeah. He's just used to her that he doesn't, you know, keep it fresh anymore. Like his idea of like spicing things up is taking Viagra, which itself isn't like a self-improvement. It's just, you know, regaining what you once had. Right. Rather than being like, hey, let's have a conversation about 
our sex life. Yeah, I was <laughs> Which feeling I guess very my, apprehensive yeah. through this entire movie because I thought that what was going to happen was is that he was going to fuck Megan Fox. Oh, yeah, I was waiting for that, too. Yeah. And again, like, when she got hit on by a guy at a show, uh, when Leslie Mann got hit on, um, and then she was flattered. I mean, that felt realistic from the perspective of, okay, she's been married for a long time and has kids, so she hasn't been out there. So even though she oh, is yeah, gorgeous. Oh, yeah, that was a really sweet scene. And I was actually really glad that there was a man that was just like, uh, no, you're beautiful. Because I needed somebody to tell yeah, her that she was beautiful Because I was movie. also, because also, I think sometimes why this bothers me in movies um, is because it feels like this weird manipulation, I might be reading too deep, but it feels like this weird manipulation by the male writers and directors that's like, no, you don't be confident. Like, wait for us to give it to you, <laughs> you know, uh, with all these female characters that are like really smart or really gorgeous or whatever combination of factors that are still feeling shitty. And then the dudes who are just like, uh, like seeing I'm, that consistently is frustrating. Yeah. I, I didn't see a woman in this movie that wasn't beautiful to me. To yeah. Me. Like, yeah. I thought that everybody was pretty. Um, is yeah. this out of line? It's a cat collars mentality. Yeah, no, like, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like we can only you can only give um you can only be happy if we say that you are Yeah. Yeah. yeah it feels a, like uh, a neg it feels like a form of nagging that's present in movies geez. where there's uh these women who obviously do a lot of work to be conventionally attractive and whatnot, but then are like rejected in all these ways by these men in these movies who don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that work, if yeah. that makes sense. This is why I usually don't talk about rom-coms. They're just so depressing. <laughs> our worst impulses are all up there. Yeah. There's, it's like, just this document of all the ways that we hurt each other in subtle and pervasive ways. It, it is a lot of... It's just a bleak, sad... I'm getting Werner Herzog-y. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I, I think we need a little more Werner Herzog, you know, critiquing the genre. We see the man... As he penetrates his wife, <laughs> he has taken a pill to regain some lost youth. <laughs> no, that honestly, if, if Werner Herzog had been narrating, it would be such a different film. It would, yeah, no, obviously. I, this feels like a um, documentary. It really does because there really is no plot. It's like they're it's like um, upper middle Megan class. Megan Fox in the wild, malaise. hunted by many predators. <laughs> And yet she evades them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, I mean, here, here are the plot threads, listeners. Um, what, what's going on? Um, Leslie Mann Cave is paintings. missing money from her. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Mann is missing money from her job, and she thinks that Megan Fox took it. The twist is, is that Charlene Yee actually took it. And Charlene Yee is doing this weird, like, slut-shaming, blame-the-pretty-white-girl thing because pretty white girls aren't to be trusted thing, which mm -hmm. is, like, something that I would appreciate in principle if this pretty white girl was actually guilty, but she's not, so it just feels manipulative. She has and her own it, money. And then it makes Charlene look shitty. It makes her look really and shitty. And she's, like, the only person who's not white in the whole movie. Yeah, it's, it, this movie makes Charlene Yee seem like somebody who, like, resents the... Like, it makes her character's name is Jody, which is also my name, so it's a little frustrating. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's. Jody feels like she seems to be, like, jealous of Megan Fox's hotness and all of this stuff in a way that I just feel like. I feel like white people think that 
that this thing like i've never looked at a white girl and thought man i wish i looked like her i don't think it doesn't make sense to me yeah i don't see why she would care yeah like why like we don't like i'm just like like attractiveness isn't attractiveness is defined by like white women like i feel like this is a really like like soapboxy thing for me to say but like i compare myself to other black women because i'm a black woman i don't compare my attractiveness to other white women almost ever because it doesn't I mean, that, matter and that makes <laughs> sense and like it's also not a sub zero i feel like that's another thing the movie does is like well if one person is attractive the other must not be you know or if one person is only one person can be one thing like uh, like it's very reductive and it's very yet, weird and like, like sure. they could not both be attractive one must and yet they put jason siegel and chris o'dowd in the same movie they yeah. did they put yeah. they, they put, no, they put right? two guys exactly. who seem like exactly the same to me like if i didn't see them in a lot of movies i could easily mistake them it's you just know, like, like one is irish and one is but I'm sure that fucking them is exactly the same. I'm sure that they both have the exact same chest. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I I have a pitch for a movie. A bunch of American comedians go to the UK and just meet their British counterparts and they just go on buddy adventures with their British counterparts. If Jason Siegel and Chris O'Dowd shared clothes, I would not be surprised. (laughs) I actually love that. I feel like they probably were at some point in a sketch group at UCB in LA and they like, you know, shared a jacket or something. Like I just like probably I feel like like Adam Scott is like a like a bizarro like it's like it's like the evolution of Paul Rudd. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh, we're getting a little tired of Paul Rudd. Here's Adam Scott. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Can you imagine Paul Rudd and Adam Scott in a movie together? Doing what? Why? No, like and like <laughs> Maybe like they, I don't know. They go to like <laughs> Thailand Tennant? on some like David Tennant, tour. Adam Scott, UK version, right? Oh, hmm. Hmm. I'm just in this theoretical movie. That I I'm have pitching. to think about it. Okay. I feel like we're coming up with a lot of pitch ideas that are better than this is for. <laughs> yes. We're yeah, like, we're just, really just hammering how much I dislike this is okay, for. Okay, and I just like for the record, Charlene Yee is like she's like beautiful, and I just don't. Yeah, get, she is. It's so weird. It's just she's just. It's, it's it's also this thing that feels it feels very high school like this idea of attractiveness the idea of attractiveness that's enforced in Judd Apatow films and I mean we could say most films but there, there's a lot there um is very it feels very high school and boring like and I'm not this is not to yeah. insult Leslie Mann or Megan Fox or any of the people that are regularly objectified but it's just very there's no variety it's like almost always white women with long hair mm-hmm. you know yeah. like All, it, almost always blondes too like yeah, Megan Fox blondes, is like a weird <laughs> like very traditionally feminine like yeah. there's no variety there's no like and I feel like as people become adults and maybe I'm being too positive here they have really different tastes you know like they like people who look different from each other like they they don't not in los angeles yeah like you know that's a good point Mm -hmm. maybe this is a new york perspective i feel like new york has a more interesting idea of beauty um, yeah and attractiveness and like you are attracted to people who express themselves and um so I just get bored with the ideas of who's supposed to be hot in these yeah. movies. I mean, yeah, like, and it always confuses me because yeah. I'm always wrong. Apparently, my taste is consistently wrong, apparently, according to these movies. Um, also, 
can you can you think of any other movie that would have Jason Siegel telling Megan Fox that he can make her body look better? Okay, thank you. <sighs> can we talk about that? Okay, I was like that moment. I actually punched myself. Like <laughs> I punched myself like in the fucking thigh because I was so. I was like, I need to die right now. Like I like. Like, I had, like, Twitter, like, ready to go, you know? I, I like, had to just take a minute. I have wanted to fuck Jason Siegel for a very long time, but let me explain something to you. Jason Siegel could 100% improve his body. It is 100% seeking improvement. There is nothing. There is nothing that he couldn't change. So I just do not understand. I do not understand. Honey. Honey. Yes? Honey. What? What? No. I'm not talking about you. I look like Jason Siegel. You do not look like Jason <laughs> Kyle, Siegel. You don't go on movies and tell women how to make their bodies better. Oh, this right. Is, oh, yeah. He would not receive this vitriol that, for existing. And number one, you Jason look, Siegel didn't write that line. No. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. And it's because of this fucking Apatow universe, okay? Like, J- Jason Siegel has dated Michelle Williams, which is just like, I mean, good for them. Wait, which Michelle Williams? The, 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 the one from Dawson's Creek, the white one. Oh, okay, the, okay, yeah. blonde one. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Destiny's Child because that's gonna Dest- be really interesting. That, that would, oh man, I want yeah. pictures of no, that. I, yeah. I would want all info on that. But that's that's cute though. The other one, that's, that's cute, cute. Yeah, but the thing is, is that like all of these dudes have been like dating obscenely hot women their entire lives. Like he dated Linda Cardellini, I think, like while they were working on what before or after Freaks and Geeks. Like these people are constantly with these like skinny, like a uh, like traditionally attractive white women, and I just think that it's created this weird skewed universe where Jason Siegel can tell Megan Fox that he can fix her body. Or where Jason Siegel can touch Leslie Mann's ass and look like, oh, her ass was down here and I raised it up here. It's a very obvious um, example of the double standard. I mean, that double standard is present in so many of... Well, it's actually not... That double standard isn't present in a lot of rom-coms because a lot of rom-coms do cast like very like quote unquote like hunky dudes. So at least everybody's Mm -hmm. objectified (laughs) equally. Um but like the Judd Apatow brand and most of the more comedy than rom-com yeah. tend to have a lot of this going on. And it's very creepy. And I think it really reflects a lot of the politics in the comedy community. <laughs> it, uh, no, it does. Like, to the like, point where like I remember seeing the trailer for um, The Night Before, and um, which, is, which is another Seth Rogen movie. And his wife in that movie is played by, I believe her name is like Zoe Bell... Jillian Bell, her Jillian, Jillian Bell. Bell. Okay, yeah, she was the one. Um, she was like the bad guy in Twenty Two Jump Street, and she like played like this character. She was she was the girl in Rough Night, the one who kills the stripper by sitting on him. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, she uh-huh. pl- she plays um, that description though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no, a lot there. <laughs> I mean, she she, she straight up does kill that stripper by sitting, and it's fucked up. And I remember somebody actually writing about how it was fucked up, and I think it's. <laughs> but it got overshadowed by the fact that they killed a stripper in the first place, and that's what that's what all of the like talk around Rough Night was. Not that it was a bad movie because it was, um, <laughs> which I think is a little bit more important. But yeah, Jillian Bell. And what I was saying was, in the night before, Jillian Bell plays um, Seth Rogen's wife, and I remember being shocked that someone that like 
around Seth Rogen's like like closer in like weight class was playing his wife because I've never seen that before. Yeah, <laughs> it was just and it was weird. And then I felt bad for how weird it was. Well, I know it, well, it sucks, but we're all like we're all brainwashed. I know I sound 15 right now, but like, it, it, you know, you see images and you ingest them all the time. And even if you're critically engaging and you, you're like, this is fucked up. It's still normal in your head because you see it all the time. So then when you don't, like, I'll I'll find myself, like, caught off guard, (laughs) even if it's positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, it's nice to see Jillian Bell in things, and definitely not in things where she's killing strippers by sitting on them. Right, Like, I don't need that. She gets to just She's not even big, so it's even weirder. (laughs) Yeah. She's just, like, regular size. She's, like, what, like, a size, like, 10 or 12 regular size. And I mean... Again, I keep bringing up super problematic examples, but uh, what can you do? I'm like, I'm like, let's talk about Louis. Now let's talk about Lena Dunham. <laughs> let's uh, talk about, oh yeah, Lena Dunham. There's a Kevin Spacey movie right? I saw like, recently. Lena Dunham yeah. is in this movie. <laughs> but like, Lena Dunham is in this movie. But also, Lena Dunham is an example of like somebody who's like a normal size. You yeah. know, like she's like, yeah. and everybody's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, she. A normal. Yeah, like she wore a shirt. <laughs> ew. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, she, oh no, she took her clothes off. Disgusting. Yeah. That she would be naked during times when it makes sense to be naked. Like, wow. you know, sex. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> come on now. Oh my God, this movie. Yeah, this movie, like, I just, you guys. You know what we haven't talked about yet? What? Melissa <sighs> McCarthy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my she god. She was in this movie and she was a beacon of light. Wow. Oh, she's always she was so good. I l- National treasure. Always love her. Um, always. Yeah, the way that she is treated in this film really upset me. <laughs> I was very upset. Yeah. Okay, I so I feel like they wasted her. They did. They definitely did. Yeah. So the subplot involving Melissa McCarthy involves one of the kids getting cyberbullied by a kid at school, a kid which is then found by Leslie Mann, who then bullies him a lot to his face. She just <laughs> the Comedy Central roast of a twelve-year-old boy <laughs> telling him that he looks like Tom Petty. Yes, which is like as if that wouldn't mean anything to him. Yeah, I was like, that's also I don't know. I always kind of had a crush on Tom Petty, so I was like, uh. She makes this child cry. Yeah. She makes fun of his teeth, basically. That's the subtext. Which, like, he's in transition. He's a kid. I'm like, he's going through puberty. Like, if you look good while you're going through puberty, I don't trust you. (laughs) Okay? Like, show me some receipts of your awkward phase. Um, Yeah, he's just a child. It's weird. And then Melissa McCarthy, rightly, um, comes to her son's rescue and calls them out on it and approaches Paul Rudd, tells him what, about what happened, and Paul Rudd's response was to, everybody say it with me, I don't know what I was setting up. Um, what does Paul <laughs> Rudd do? We're both like, wait, what? I don't know. <laughs> what Forget does, that. What I was already Paul? in a coma by then. <laughs> oh, yeah, Paul, uh, oh, yeah, Paul Rudd threatens to hit the kid with his car. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very, I, that's why I set that up. Because that I forgot is, what he actually threatened like, to do. That is he like, threatened to run over a child. Yeah. Okay, this is the first time. And it's so weird, too, because this is the first and only time that he stands up for Leslie Mann in this movie. And it's because he's, like, threatened to, like, kill a kid. Yeah, like, even when they bond <laughs> with each other, they're horrible people. Both Paul um, Rudd and Leslie Mann. Like, 
Yeah, but basically Leslie tag Mann team is... to like gaslight this woman yeah. in front of the principal. And they're like, oh, babe, I love you. Like, we're both garbage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, Melissa McCarthy goes to the principal because she's been, her child has been harassed and then she was harassed. And given a death threat. She's like, she's yeah. given a death threat. And she is just a working mother who is like, apparently, according to the kid, going through menopause. Like, leave her alone. Like, she's going through a lot. Like, and also her character, uh, I, is not wearing any makeup so like it just makes her look like tired and i think she's like set up to just look tired and just look really stressed out and then there's just like this like these like this like this like a uh, catalog what does she call them like a <laughs> what was the insult from a catalog she- photo no it was like, like it was a like specific a Sears- ca- or like I feel like there's a very specific they they look like a couple from a bank commercial is what yes. she said honestly yes. best insult best oh. I clapped for I, that I cackled that, that was, that it was, was so, so good yeah oh. and she's right she's just she's that was just, like why I didn't care about the movie is because they were like that couple they were yeah they were just yeah. like a shitty like couple and like and when she calls them out I'm like yeah of course like Melissa McCarthy also a person that I consider to be a beautiful woman in my opinion and she's just like. And she's just like she's like set up to just look tired and like mean and just like treated like shit. And I'm just like, why? I know. I love her. And I get like I have like a very Lee Britney alone feeling about her, even though a lot of people love her. Like when I see her mistreated in films, I get really mad. It makes me really mad. Well, it's also because like if you grew up watching Gilmore Girls, which I did, you know, on Gilmore Girls, she's happy. She gets married first. She has kids. She has the least tumultuous life. You know, her husband is nice to her. Like she just lives a nice life in Gilmore Girls. And then she got famous. And now I get to see her in movies every week where people treat her like shit. And it's really weird. It's really fucking weird. Yeah. And I mean, I, um, I've read many interviews with her where she touches on like how she's treated in scripts. Like it would be ridiculous for her to just be attractive or like someone that people like, you know, like how that often there's a punchline of her being a mess when other people aren't, even though in these movies, she's not act- like her character is never actually messier than anyone else. Yeah. Um, psychologically. She's it's just, like this- yeah, it's, it's really weird. And I know that this is like her choice, you know, she chooses to be in these movies and like her husband also like supports her and is like, you know, I think directed some movie that she was in and you know, her husband like, is like with her in, in like bridesmaids and like that's sweet and they seem really good together or whatever but it's bizarre it's really bizarre i do not like it i do not like this air of melissa mccarthy like with the exception of like spy which i think is legitimately good and a lot of reason why spy is good is because nobody really like she has like jason statham is kind of like (laughs) her love interest in spy and i just like that like, they don't really do anything, but I like the fact that he's not, like, he doesn't, like, treat her like shit, even though he's Jason Statham. Like, can we just... <laughs> I haven't seen Spy yet, so... You need Neither to... Have I. I gotta... Yeah. They have, like, a very nice report. Like, I'm not sure if they're, like, supposed to be a romantic interest, but I was catching sparks between Melissa McCarthy and Jason Statham, and I was like, I want more of that. Give me that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... 
Spy is really good. I think that Spy is one of her best movies, in my opinion. Like, Spy is like the heat, but like not as long and full of meandering bullshit as the heat is. Because it is. It just is. It's too long. Yeah. The heat's the heat too long. Is, I liked the heat, but it was long. It was too long. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she gets gaslit by them. Yeah. Uh, a in in a, This is yep. 40. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. were starting to say, Kyle, right? Yeah, she, absolutely. Um, that, that whole scene with the principal, they were just lying to the principal's face and like trying to turn into her word against theirs. And it was just... It was really upsetting. Mm-hmm. God. They are monsters. Like, they just straight up lied to the principal and then, of course, tried to make Melissa look like she was lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're supposed to be on their side. We're supposed to like them. And there's just like They're nothing so to like. Unlikable. Okay. So like the other thing is like, okay, so Charlene, took a bunch of money, took a bunch of money and then tried to blame it on Megan Fox with like slut shaming and bullshit. And um, Paul Rudd's thing is that his record company isn't doing well because he won't sign any new artists. And he is like banking on Graham Parker, who plays himself in this movie. Um, to to deliver and it's like really silly and like chris o'dowd and lena dunham who work for him try to tell him hey why don't you sign someone younger and he's just like no and there's also this weird motif in the movie where whenever you see leslie mann having fun whether it's like with her kids or at the bar she's listening to Nicki minaj and like Nicki minaj is used as like the counter to his version of music like it's his music and Nicki minaj and it's really it's really weird to use her that way number one because it's she's not even in the genre of music that he likes so it actually doesn't make sense yeah the comparison it doesn't work yeah it's and it's weird. It's, like I don't care what Paul Rudd thinks about Nicki. I don't care what any apples and bacon. I don't care what any white person thinks of Nicki Minaj. I could give a shit. And also, Nicki Minaj doesn't care. <laughs> so it's just it's like, like we get isn't it, that her album? Like you <laughs> don't. That's her next album, right? Nicki Minaj does not care. Does she does not care? <laughs> and so and it's weird that like oh my god that like that like Leslie Mann is like treated like shit by him. Also, their daughters who also like Nicki Minaj are all treated like shit for liking Nicki Minaj. And then there's a scene where he's just like, I just wish one of you had a dick. As if people with dicks, as if people with dicks don't like Nicki Minaj. They do. Yeah. They do. (laughs) That's so weird. That Uh. like scene was so angsty and reductive in so many ways at once. I like couldn't even fully wrap my brain around it because I didn't want to. I was like, do I, like, no. Like, I know that, like, main, like, rock as a genre has really been, like, waning in terms of, like, mainstream appeal lately. But, like, you know, there's still, like, Tame Impala, which I assume that he wouldn't, like, be like, oh, turn off that Tame Impala, because why would you? That would be weird. Um... But I'm trying to think, like, is there anybody like within like a genre that's at least closer to the roots of the music that he likes that he could talk shit about? He could talk shit. He could talk shit about Taylor Swift. That would at least be in his wheelhouse. I mean, yeah, she and uses it would a be guitar. Accurate. Yeah. I mean, I could see him <laughs> shitting on like Alanis Morissette or something. You yeah. Know, if we really mm-hmm. want to like, like, or, or like uh, Tori Amos or something, you know, something that actually feels like from the same era as the Pixies, like <laughs> Nicki Minaj and the Pixies, like, first of all, aren't the same genre. Second of all, <laughs> totally different cultural eras. Like, yeah. yes, the Pixies still exist now, but it, you know, it, they came, and they like, became popular in the and 90s. And like Nicki Minaj isn't supposed to appeal to 40 year old white men. That's not her, dem- that's not no, what her, that's never been her intention. That's not like, it's so weird. Like, I don't know if it was just like a, 
I don't know if like Judd Apatow really just doesn't like Nicki Minaj. And if he doesn't, who gives a shit? I'm not even sure if Judd Apatow likes black people, to be honest with you. Like, and I'm not trying to slander. I'm just saying. I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. does he know any black people? <laughs> Sorry. Craig Robinson? <laughs> like, Craig Robinson? Craig Robinson is like the black guy that everyone knows, though. Yeah. Like, it's like Hannibal Burris. Like, Hannibal Burris <laughs> is going to show up with whatever, wherever white people are, Hannibal Burris will be there. Like, I just don't. <laughs> it's just. I mean, Dada Apatow's world is like so white like very or at least the world that he creates you know yeah the world you can create a world that's diverse like there's a lot of people who won't work they don't have to be your friends like like, you can hire good actors the 40 year old virgin has like kevin hart for a little bit in it and it has mindy kaling i think plays um paul rudd's ex-girlfriend in 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 40 year old virgin for some reason mindy kaling's there for like five seconds yeah um but like otherwise it's just yeah it's like he like he knows like what people of color are funny and so he'll put like he'll sprinkle like one or two but like i don't think that he really i'm not this is this is like the me my me, me saying judd apatow hates black people but i mean like what does judd apatow know about black people what anything uh, okay so <laughs> honestly so one of my things about judd apatow I doubt he's listening to this. Judd, if you ever want to back any of my scripts, I take back everything. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I double but, that for me. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, triple? Is, it feels like he doesn't take notes. It doesn't feel like he gets notes on his scripts from anyone that's not like his friend or in the movie. And so it feels like he doesn't actually cut things or think about a wider audience than people who are also white and rich or like already love him. And I feel like that same attitude probably, I mean, I'm speaking fully out of my ass. So, you know, come for me online. Um, probably applies to his relationships with everyone who's not white, like including Mm. black people. Like, like he just doesn't, he's not like actively seeking out other people's perspectives and listening. So I don't, I don't know. It's just hard for me to imagine him like, engaging on a deep level but i don't know him so i'm just yeah are you okay, this on his art. I'm good. you're just you keep on saying hmm, like you look troubled no <laughs> i'm just i'm just agreeing uh yeah it's like it, it, it's very weird like i'm trying to think like maybe maybe if paul rudd hated paramore yeah yeah no yeah, yeah. if it was like a pop rock i think that's a better way to go because it would be like in the same line of genre, but like a newer iteration that's not the same sound wise. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very weird because like essentially like in my opinion, it, it's like it's like their money problems are their fault. Like oh, he's yeah. just a bad business person. Leslie Mann wasn't checking. She got like thousands. She got thousands of dollars. Stolen. Everything dollars. bad that happens to them is their own fucking. It's fault. their fault. And yeah. honestly, like they have a big Paul ass Rudd house. Goes they, to the hospital and it's his fault. Like, and also, like they could literally have a smaller house and still like live nice. Like yeah, their and, house is huge. And yeah, they have a huge house. And it's also just like. Um, to the money, to the point of the money, there's a scene where you see, like, (laughs) where, where Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann are watching security cam footage of the store and they're watching Megan Fox fuck Bill Hader, which, okay, sure, sure, okay, whatever. Like, again, Um, like, I I have a crush on Bill Hader, 
Um, but it's it's just another like weird Judd Apatow thing it's, where it's it, like, it, okay, yeah. whatever. It's very yeah. strange. Like, sure, okay, whatever. Bill Hader. Okay, going with you. Um, but also, why weren't you looking at the security cam footage to see Jody stealing that fucking money? <laughs> yeah, no, it feels like they almost like wish they were an open marriage so they could like invite Megan Fox. In. Like, oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of weird sexual tension there. I'm like, like, can y'all just like open your shit oh, up? Just yeah, and, they like, both obviously want to fuck her. Like he's yeah, looking up her skirt and like, she's touching her. He's her just boobs got for, kind like, of classic what? like perv. Like oh, I, I my tastes have not. matured with my age and she's like by curious and they just need to admit it and maybe their marriage will get better if they like explore a little i don't know yeah because it's like why are you like Like, from the moment like you see them fucking like right like what do you do like you can either go to the store and tell them to leave or or just turn off the cam footage but you can't just sit there and watch it like at some point it's creepy no it's they're they're creepy they're creepy people who yell at the mother of another child they they both like emotionally neglect and spoil their kids somehow simultaneously. Yeah, it's, it's a weird combo. Weird. Like where I feel bad for the kids, but then I kind of hate the kids. Like they just suck. Yeah, and also suck. <laughs> I don't feel bad for them. I wanted a movie about f- being forty, like because I'm not forty, and I am, like and I think about the future, and I wanted a, a smart movie about people in middle age because I'm tired of watching things about people my age. Like, yeah, I'm no, tired I feel things, the same way. I'm tired You're of nice navel-gazy things of about twenty somethings. Like I want something. <laughs> And this felt worse. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Like I'm, like I'm also just like if I never saw another movie where a person comes home from college and is trying to figure out like whether or not they're gonna fuck their high school sweetheart and whether or not they're going to make up with their fucking parents. Like I don't need to see that again for the rest of my right? life. Yeah, like right. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like I want. Yeah. Yeah, but it's <sighs> but this is like weird and like there are better like it's because like they're worrying about money and there's just it doesn't you don't feel the stakes because they worry about money and then at some point they just go on a vacation and like hang out at a hotel while they're like yelling at their kids that they're gonna take away the wi-fi but you just went on a vacation you can't just do that yeah you can't just go spend a, you can't complain about money and then go spend a bunch of it what are you doing and then throw a party at the end and then throw they had a catered birthday party and what the fuck well and the other thing is i felt like he made this and Eat didn't think the about rich eat the rich yeah like honestly the rich it's like it's like they had money problems he doesn't know what money problems actually are (laughs) it's like judd apatow does not understand money well again it feels like he doesn't seek out or like think about like people actually watching his movies and then people watch them and we're like okay i don't feel bad for these people because a they're way better off than I am but even beyond that as human beings they're obnoxious <laughs> like I can I've empathized with plenty of like ultra privileged people in movies you yeah. know who are like rich mm-hmm. you know whatever uh, but these characters are annoying and they don't have real problems and they whine all the time and they don't care about anyone but themselves like why would I care about them <laughs> They're not even funny or smart enough. Like I yeah, care they're about, not like, that smart. I like it's always sunny. I can I I can be down with assholes, but they're not even that entertaining. Like yeah. So just don't watch this movie, you guys. Don't. Oh my god! Like I beg of you, like watch Freaks and Geeks. You know, how watch, long have we been talking? Watch the Big Sick. Watch uh, about an hour. Yeah. We really have been talking for an hour, and we didn't yeah. even go over the plot. <laughs> this is gonna be a weird comparison I'm gonna make, but I felt the same way watching This Is Forty 
the way I felt when I watched Ken Park for the first time. Wow. Please um, explain that, because you said that when you were watching it. I was yes. like, what do you mean? Um, so I've been reviewing reviewing movies for a while. One of the earliest videos I did on a movie was on something called Ken Park, directed by a guy named Larry Clark, who is, he's trash. Um, and it's about um, a bunch of kids, teenagers, in um, a city in small city in California who are just terrible and abusive and nasty. And one of them ends up killing his own grandparents. And just the only thing I could think was why document this? Why tell this story? Why let us know that these people are out there? Do you clearly don't like them? You clearly don't empathize with them, but why show? This is like the only time that a Larry Clark movie is going to be compared to an Apatow movie. And I, that's just how my brain works. I'm weird. It's no, no. Th- that's good though. Those connections are interesting because why? Yeah, did Judd Apatow realize how unlikable he seems in this? I'm very curious about that. Is this trying to convince us to ugly, empathize? It's or his not? ugliest parts. It's yeah. the parts that he's most afraid to show to the world, and so. I'm clear. Clearly, it took a lot of strength to do this to show his ugliest parts, but it's still his ugliest parts. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you like. There's a scene in this movie where Leslie Mann yells at Paul Rudd for spending too much time in the bathroom because she thinks that he's sitting in the bathroom to avoid her, and then he like then she like accosts him. Like to like show like whether or not like did you actually poop? Well, I don't (laughs) smell any poop and like where's the shit and like let me see the bowl and I'm just like what is happening? That was some weird controlling shit. That's so upsetting. Like I was like, is that a thing that people do like in relationships? Like Like, I understand. I didn't get the memo. I have hidden in the bathroom to avoid people that I was dating before. Um, those are people that I'm not with anymore. Not you, Kyle. But like, there. I love you. I love you too. Aww. There have been times, like I remember, I was dating a guy where he was like so annoying and so clingy that like I would just I would read on the toilet sometimes. I would just like read movie reviews on the toilet, and like he would knock and he would be like, "Oh, what's going on in there?" And I'm just like, you know, just doing a whole bunch of stuff. And like, you know, that relationship wasn't good and it ended. Showing a scene where a woman does that to her husband tells me that you should end it. I was much happier when I broke up with the guy who wondered what I was doing in the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, that, like, also... It speaks to the lack of depth in the characters that, like, she doesn't have enough of an interior life to just, like, I don't know, think about shit while he's in the bathroom. Like, read a book. I don't know. Do anything. <laughs> do Yeah, just do. Take up crafting. See a movie. Yeah. See several movies. Have, have a moment alone. Take up video games. Yeah, yeah anything. Like, Even like, mindlessly I, scroll online. Like, just anything but asking what your partner's doing. Like person outside of your partner. Yeah, just like, let him so be in the bathroom. <laughs> And this is this is drawing us to like this is us defending Paul Rudd in this movie. This is how yeah. bad this this movie has taken us on such an emotional journey. Um, it's two guys. It's two hours and seventeen minutes, I believe. It is almost two and a half hours. It is trying to be the Lord of the Rings of pissing me off. We didn't even. It's like the Middle Earth. Uh, like if Middle Earth was just me despising 
all of Judd Apatow's favorite people. This we, is I fully went to we Mordor. Know. We, we know we were there. We didn't even. We, we were there the day the strength it. of men failed. We've been talking for over an hour and we didn't even talk about um, Albert Brooks or John Lithgow. Like right. I kept on thinking, oh my god, uh, when are we going to talk about this? But it never seemed to suck. <laughs> and also, I got really self conscious halfway through because I'm just like, I really hope I didn't hurt Jason Siegel's feelings because it's not about him. <laughs> Well, it's just if like, Jason Siegel listens to this, I we mean, made it. Yeah, we made it. And, and hey, Jason, like we all think you're really funny. You I love clarify yeah, that you sorry. think he's attractive. Like, yeah, I, I, I've, I've yeah. wanted to fuck Jason Siegel for a long I've time. I've had crushes on him too. The point isn't that you Jason Siegel. You're a beautiful Siegel, person, and no one should ever shame you for your body. Yeah. The point is that Jason Siegel is attractive and funny, and that is something that people accept, mm-hmm. and that women should also get to do that. That's like all. It's not that he should be ashamed of having a human body. It's like. Oh, yeah, he gets to have a human body. Like, imagine if women could do that. <laughs> yeah! Imagine if. That would imagine be... if. Well, maybe eventually, right? Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Yeah, so we love you, Jason Siegel. Um, I'm sure that you did a really great David Foster Walls. I haven't watched the movie yet. Oh, yeah, I have not watched that. But, um, you know, maybe I'll watch it when I get off this podcast. I'll watch the end of the tour, and I will love you. And, you know, I know that people were like, oh, Jason Siegel can't pay, play David Foster Wallace. I'm sure that you did a great job, and I'm sure that you showed them. I'm also, really... all the people who said that were probably really annoying. So. Yeah, they were probably really, <laughs> really irritating, like elitist and I fucks. Like, I like david foster wallace well enough we don't need to get into that that's yeah. a whole other podcast but yeah <laughs> uh, we should do um, a side podcast about david foster wallace where Brooks. i can talk about the guy in my thesis class that <laughs> we all called david foster wallace behind his back who <laughs> wrote things with 80 footnotes look like david foster wallace and cited david foster wallace as his inspiration for his thesis oh would a comedy podcast about david foster wallace be called infinite jests Ooh, yes. 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 Hey. Hey, oh. If you want to watch a movie about middle-aged people falling in love and stuff, I would I would recommend anything by Nicole Holofcener, especially Enough Said, which has one of the last performances of James Gandolfini and is, is dedicated to him because he died, like, I think before it came out or, like, right after. Um so um anything by you know you know who does this better nancy myers wow we're getting <laughs> nancy myers can do it um you know she did it's complicated with meryl streep i mean i don't, I don't know if it's any good i haven't watched it yet um sure why not just really trust women for this kind of thing because men can't seem to be trusted <laughs> to do stuff like this not yet anyway yeah hopefully in this brave new world that we are trying to etch out if we don't all drown in the next 10 years um (laughs) sorry i've had some nightmares about climate change it's all right um (laughs) mine's nuclear war men will also be able to direct good movies about this stuff without making me want to kill them and also you know, project um, on the walls of caves and also yeah, a film yeah. that came out this year um it's called the lovers it has deborah winger and tracy letts and it's about like an older married couple trying to figure things out like they're cheating on each other and then they decide that they want to get back together and like i haven't seen it but i've heard it's very good it's streaming on amazon prime watch the lovers yeah just do that do instead. that and don't do this is 40 just don't just do this is 40 away this is shitty. This is shitty. <sighs> wow. Well, if you guys would please rate us. Uh, please rate us on iTunes. Um, follow us. us on Twitter. 
Um, I, I run yeah. the Twitter a lot, but honestly, Bronwyn is so much better with advertising that, that she should be hanging out on the Twitter. Most of the feedback has been good, though. Like, when people tweet us, they're just like, they'll, like, correct us, but then they'll be like, they'll be like, oh, you got this detail wrong. But also, I really enjoyed the podcast. So I'm just like, we don't mind being corrected. Yeah, we're fine with that. That's fine. Yeah. Um... And, um, you know, we'll be back next week. Yeah. With more stuff. Goodbye, you guys. Goodbye. I don't know if I'll be back next week. Probably not. I mean, maybe. Like, uh, there's some there's some stuff on the docket for Kyle, for, for the Kyle heads what, out what, there. What, what? I have some films that we might be doing. Got some Kyle films. I got to, I, there, I, I mean, I'm going to be out of town for a few weeks for Christmas. Tell. So uh, We'll talk about it later, honey. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm t- all right. Okay. <laughs> what? What? scared <laughs> what are you scared of i'm not gonna let jordan cut this part out of the podcast <laughs> what are you scared? no this is all gold keep it in <laughs> are you gonna be okay yes i'm gonna be fine i'm doing a bit okay thank you guys so much for coming to the podcast <laughs> coming to the podcast for you know what? i'll leave that there you know, yeah, thank you for com- hitting play yes. on your uh, playback device we adore yeah. you we really do we love you we will have a new file for you to download soon <laughs> Bye! Bye!